know what I'm having for my lunch. I don't know about you. <laughs> so I'm sure that all of your families look as perfect and as shiny and crisply iron-shirted as that advert does. But I know that my experience of family hasn't always been a picture of perfection. You know, things, things just don't work like that, do they? You know, modern-day families, families that we know now, even the best family are beset by relationship breakdown and arguments and worries and stresses. And, and in more extreme cases, we have divorce, we have crisis in roles, we've got absenteeism of parenting, breakdown of authority, financial pressures, lack of investment in relationships, and many, many other issues. It's a really sad state of affairs. And what the Bible tells us is that when Adam and Eve sinned, and the fall, as we call it, the fall, happened, <laughs> um, God's creation was polluted. It became tainted. It became warped from that place of perfection that it was created in. So this is extended to everything. It wasn't just extended to just to Adam and Eve. It was extended to their entire family, and it's extended to the family that we kind of know today. But as Steve said, the great thing is that when Jesus died, he broke the curse of the fall. It was completely obliterated. <laughs> and he opened the way for God's plan for mankind to be restored in full. And like the fall extended to the family, actually what Jesus did on the cross extends to the family as well. Because of what Jesus did, our lives and our families can be restored. Does anyone here believe that? Yeah, really? Come on. Do you believe it? Yes, good stuff. But before we talk about um, our natural families, actually there's another and more important family that we need to talk about first, and that is God's family. You know, in the same way that God has chosen us to be part of our earthly families, he's also chosen us to be part of his family. The Bible is full of stories and analogies of, of God's heart towards his children, towards us. And, you know, and there's, there's no better one than actually the, the account of Jesus, the fact that God sent Jesus to this earth to die for mankind, to take our place and take the punishment that was rightly ours so that we could go free and so that we could be restored into God's family. You know, all of, all of the stories, you know, there's ones like the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son, they all depict a loving father desperate to be reconciled with his children and have his family restored. When we take our rightful place in God's family, that enables us to take our rightful place in our earthly family. So how do we get restored into God's family? Well, it's very simple, actually, just by accepting Jesus into your life and into your heart. The Bible tells us that we were designed to be in relationship with God. But like the world did in the fall, without God in our lives, our, our lives become warped, they become polluted, they become tainted. And we kind of drift further and further away from God and away from the perfect plan that he has for our lives. But as we said before, Jesus broke the curse of the fall and the effect that that can have. By what he did on the cross, he has opened the way for us to be restored in ourselves and also restored into God's family, to be restored into relationship with God our Father. You know, it doesn't end there. I don't know what you guys think of when you think of the word restoration, but the first thing that springs into my mind, and it's very unspiritual, is kind of property restoration programs, which 
is my kind of third, third, maybe fourth love in life. <laughs> Fifth. No, I have two children and a husband. Anyway, so, <laughs> so yeah, so I love property restoration programs. I could sit and watch them for hours, and one day it's kind of my dream that I would be able to buy some sort of shack of a building and, and restore it to its former glory. Yeah, I find that quite exciting. And, you know, you see um, kind of furniture restoration programs, and it's, it's really amazing, actually, how they can kind of take a, what appears to be kind of a heap of junk that would be better off kind of just knocked down altogether and really turn it into something quite amazing. But what's interesting is that you never watch these programs and see them just complete half of the restoration project. You know, they don't, they don't just do the like kind of left-hand side of the building and then just leave the right-hand side in the way that it was. Like, that would look pretty naff, to be honest. And, you know, you don't see a really fine piece of, like, French antique furniture, like chests of drawers, and, like, the top, the top one and the bottom one's, like, really nice, and then the middle one, oh, I just left that one, didn't restore that one. You just don't see that. Restoration is a complete transformation. It's a complete process. And I think it, it, this can be similar, you know, with our restoration into God's family. We can almost be in it, not a part of it. We kind of completed part of the process. We're, we're in the family, but we're just not quite part of it. And there's a big difference between the two. You know, another example is if I wanted to be, I could be part of Weight Watchers. Not that I intend to be. But, you know, I could go to Weight Watchers. I could have the weekly magazine on the shelf. I could turn up to the sessions. But if I don't follow the eating plan and I don't change my lifestyle at all, then I'm actually not really part of it. It's not having an effect on my life. It's just simply a membership. And this same applies with God's family. We can be in it, but not part of it. We can have our Bible on display. We can turn up to the meetings with our Bible tucked under our arm. And we can show up to the meetings, and we can change our status on Facebook to say, my religion is Christianity. And we can wear the wristbands on our, on our wrists that say, pray until something happens, and forever relying on God, and all the other ones that there are. But actually, if we're not really following God, and we're not changing our lifestyle then he's not affecting our lives, and we don't have the full restoration that being in relationship with God brings. It's simply membership. You know, I would feel that God would say to you today, if that's you, no half measures. No half measures. Come on, come right in. You know, God didn't open the way for us to kind of just skip around on the edges and kind of dabble in this and dabble in that. God opened the way so that we could be fully restored into his family and really reap the benefits of that and, and everything that that brings. When, we're, when we talk about God's family, you know, we're not talking about a family in the sky. <laughs> you know, I, I, it kind of can almost create some, some interesting ideas as to what exactly we're talking about here. But God's family is real. It's sitting around us here. Like, take a look around you. Like, this is the family. This is God's family. This is what he is calling us into. And being part of a church family is really precious. It's important to be around like-minded people who love God and who are actively pursuing his, his call on their lives and his will and his perfect plan for their lives. So, and, you know, God hasn't designed us to be alone in this. He doesn't call us into his family to then live a lonely existence where we're just part of God's family and it's just us and we're kind of waiting to go to heaven and then we can be part of the party. Actually, God's called us into something right now to be an active part of his family right now and that is here so I just really encourage you actually to really get involved if you're not involved sort of an active member of IHC then please do get involved and please do speak 
to someone at the end as to how you can do that. So the first challenge then is, are you fully restored into God's family? Because being fully restored into God's family and into relationship with him opens the way to restoration in all other areas of our lives, including our family. There's many, many testimonies in this room of how when people have given their lives to Christ, God has done a great and miraculous work in their family. Put your hand up if that's you. Amen. It's really cool. You know, in taking that step towards God, it kind of opens, it almost opens the channels up for him to start a great work in the people around us. This is very much my testimony. A, a lot of you all know a fair bit about me because every time I'm up here, I seem to share another little snippet of the, the Joy Simmons story. Um, so, you know, my parents are here today. They are a great man and woman of God. I love them dearly. But our, our family setup has not always been a picture of perfection, as I said before. I, was, I became a very troubled person during my teenage years and through a, a series of catastrophic decisions, kind of really damaged our family unit. Um, and the relationship was really lost, actually. Really, really lost. Um, and I don't know, we kind of tried everything, and you know, nothing, nothing really seemed to work. But then God really showed up in my life. And God really turned my life around. And you know, I, I, be, I, I kind of called myself a Christian for a lot of years. Um, I wore the wristbands. I went to the the massive youth events that we used to have with delirious and stuff. And I was up there like, whoa, at the front and appeared to be full of passion for God and appeared to be really going places with God, but actually inside was empty. I was a member. I was a great member. I was kind of a really an, an active member in a lot of ways, but actually God wasn't having an effect on my life. My lifestyle wasn't changing. There was still a huge part of me that was shut off to God. And you know, when, when God really broke into my life, and when God really started to change me, that was when the change in my family and the change in those around me really started to happen. And God really transformed our family into the family that it is now, and I'm so blessed to be part of that, and so blessed to now be able to see the purpose that God has for that family unit. And you know, you might be sitting there thinking, Honestly, you really don't know my family. I'm definitely not the one that needs to change. Like, they're all loopy. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like, we all come from different circumstances. But actually, I heard a great testimony of a guy called Pastor Sergio Hornan. Some of you have probably heard of him. Anyway, he's a great leader in Peru. Um, he leads a great church out there with his family. And um, a few conferences back, I remember sitting, um, listening to him preach. And to be honest, I can't even remember what he was preaching on but I remember his, his story, his testimony. And he basically explained that, you know, when he was kind of a young man, he, he wasn't walking with God at all. Like, he, he would have gone as far as to say that he was kind of actively walking away from God. <laughs> you know, God really wasn't playing a part in his life. And I don't remember the exact details as to what he was into, but by the fact that he said that he was actively walking away from God, you know, I, I can... I can we can imagine the kind of lifestyle that he was living and the kind of people that he was knocking around with. And he, he shared that one night he got home from whatever he'd been doing and he walked into his house and his mom was there. And his mom and dad are pastors of a great church there and she was meeting with her cell group of ladies in their living room. And he walked in and she said, hey ladies, 
This is my son. He's, he's going to be such a great man of God. God's got such a great plan for his life. He's going to be a really, really great leader. Like, you know, I'm so excited about what's, what God's going to do in his life. And he kind of turned, he turned to his mom and was like, shut up, mom. <laughs> you know, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I don't even believe in God. Like, what are you talking about? But actually, what, what his mother's, sorry, what his mother said was really significant. Her words were really important. What she said and what she thought about him was significant. You see, she could see the restoration of his life and the restoration of her family before it actually happened. And she spoke what she could see. You know, she could have turned to herself and been entirely justified and said, oh, this is my son. Like, oh my goodness, he's, he's just so far from God. His life is such a mess. You know, he's just knocking around with some real dodgy characters. I, I just don't know what to do with him. And, and being in a place of real despair. And all of that would have been true, actually. That was a very true kind of reflection on, on the situation that he was in. But instead, she took her eyes off the man that was stood before her with all of his issues, and she focused on the potential that she saw within. She had a, rest, a vision of restoration for his life, and for her, for her family, and that was her focus. And, you know, and then here he was, I don't know how many years it was later, probably not that many, standing in front of us as a great and passionate man of God who was a leader of many, many people for God. And it was because of the vision that she had for his life and the vision that she had for restoration in her family that he was standing there. You know, restoration of the family begins with us. Our thoughts, our words, and our actions are really important. What we say and think about our families is significant. What we sow is what we'll reap. If our words reflect the great potential within our families and a great vision for our families in God, then we will reap a great reality. So my second challenge then is, what are you saying? What are you saying about your family? What are you thinking about your family? You know, God give you a great vision of the potential that's in your family, for that purpose that he has for your family. But we have to seek it. Seek his plan and his purpose for our family and bring your thoughts and your words in line with that vision. But the great thing is, is that God just doesn't help us to kind of see the potential in our family, to kind of see, I don't know, however many years down the line. But he is a God that is alongside us and can help us every single day on a daily he is a God of the now. He can give us the grace and the love and the peace and the ability to forgive far beyond our own ability. And he helps us to face the most difficult and challenging circumstances. And this is key to breaking the cycle of breakdown that we see in our families, not by ourselves, but by what God does through us. And Sally uses a great analogy. Some of you might have heard it. It's called catch the ball. Has anyone heard Sally talk about that? Yeah, Lily has. <laughs> so, Lily has, um, not Lily, sorry, Sally talks about catching the ball in a situation. And the idea is, is that if you catch a ball and you don't pass it on, the ball stays with you, it stops with you. And this is a real challenge for me, actually, to be the family ball catcher. <laughs> and this is my challenge to you today, to be the family ball catcher. So in family arguments, in family disagreements, in family of thinking, whatever it is, of we're the ball catcher, then we break the cycle. 
we break the chain, okay? So, you know, this can be on sort of everyday levels and kind of just living out an everyday family life, but actually extends further than that, and that we can be the ball catchers in lines of divorce in our families, in lines of sickness in our families, in lines of family feuds in our families. I mean, part of, there's a part of my family that is just absolutely laden with generation after generation of family fallouts and family feuds, usually surrounding wills and things. And do you know what? When John and I um, got married and with my parents involved as well, we took a stand as a family and said, you know what? This stops with us. We are not prepared to let this continue any further. We are catching the ball on these issues. And, you know, we believe that God is going to give us a long and fruitful and happy marriage. And, you know, we don't have to accept it because that's been the line of, you know, the hereditary line that has gone before us. So, you know, all of these things that we talked about, arguments, negative thinking and speech, family worries, family gossip, unforgiveness and bitterness, they're all incredibly destructive. But in catching the ball, we break the cycle of destruction. And breaking the cycle of destruction changes the atmosphere, but it also opens up the door to restoration. There's a really great verse in Malachi 4 verse 6, which talks about God turning the hearts of the fathers to their sons or their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Now, I'm aware that this will evoke different feelings and emotions from us all because we've all had very different experiences of being part of a family. And, you know, some of them will be good, some of them will be great, and some of them will be pretty bad, I'm sure. But here God promises the restoration of hearts and relationships, and restoration of this kind really has to start with forgiveness. Now, Steve shared a really great word a few weeks ago about forgiveness. It was really, really awesome. And in it, he spoke about unforgiveness in our hearts keeps us in one place. It keeps us in one place of hurt, and it prevents us from moving forwards or getting anywhere. Now, in order for God to restore our families and turn our hearts back to each other, we've got to forgive or else we can't move forward in it. Restoration is a process. And processes, no matter what they are, require progression. But with unforgiveness in our hearts, we cannot progress. The, the other thing that forgiveness requires is a decision. You know, choosing to forgive someone is generally a really hard decision to make. Regardless of what you're actually forgiving them for, it takes like quite a lot of ooh, kind of grit from inside to make that decision to really forgive that person. But God can help us to do it through Jesus. You know, forgiveness releases healing of the heart, and healing of our hearts leads to restoration. We can't change people or their hearts. Only God can do that. But with God's help, we can change ourselves. And I can't remember who it is, but there was, Sally quite often quotes it. When, um, when facing an impossible challenge or a really difficult situation, a wise man said, it may be Barney Coombs, it may be someone else, that God, I've done my bit, now you do yours. Now, our, doing our part releases God to do his, but he won't do for us what we can do for ourselves. So in terms of forgiveness, in terms for, of starting off that, that cycle, sorry, breaking the cycle of destruction and starting restoration in our families, you know, we said it before, change has got to begin with us. When we change, 
everything changes around us. But we've got to make that decision. We've got to start that ball rolling. And we can do it in the confidence of knowing that when we do our bit, God will absolutely do his. So my third challenge then is, is to forgive. That's where it all begins. It's got to begin with forgiveness. That's where it all began with, with Jesus on that cross. You know, when Jesus was hanging on that cross, he stood and he looked at the people in front of him who just nailed him to the cross. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty annoyed <laughs> by that. And certainly forgiveness would not be the first thing that I'd be thinking. But actually, Jesus looked at the, that crowd and his heart was filled with compassion. His heart was filled with love and he was able to forgive them right there in that moment. It wasn't 10 years down the, time, down the line once, it had, once the wounds had kind of healed a bit and he'd had a chance to come to terms with it and get over it. It was in the moment. It was right there. And, you know, the Bible says that Jesus enables us to forgive people. You know, Jesus knows a thing or two about forgiveness. So, you know, all of us need to be restored. And all of our families will need restoration of some kind. Each one of us here represents a family. It's a family that's designed by God with a divine purpose in him. And we as individuals have been placed in our families for a purpose. And we have a role to play in our family to make that potential and that purpose a reality. So my last challenge to you is to take that role. Be restored into God's family and seek and envisage restoration in your own family. The Bible says that through Jesus, all things are possible. And through Jesus restoration of the family is possible. So I think it would be really good to respond here. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of responses that I'd like to make. So could we stand, please? So the first response is to do with God's family. You know, we talked about that actually everything in our lives and restoration in all areas of our lives has to flow out of being restored into God's family. So my first, my first response is for people here this morning, who maybe this is the first time that you've even heard about God's family. <laughs> you know, you, you might just be completely new to this, but actually God's got a call on your life. God has chosen you to be part of his family. You matter to God. And so I want to appeal to you today, like, you know, like we said, no half measures. Make that decision. You can make that decision today to invite Jesus into your heart, to, the, to kind of turn around and really start following God in your life. So I'm going to pray, and if we could all repeat that prayer, and then afterwards I'm going to ask you if you've said that prayer for the first time to indicate that to me, and we'd love to get alongside you and really encourage you in what you've done. Okay, let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you are desperate for me to be returned to your family. And I thank you that you sent Jesus to enable me to be restored into your family. Today I recognize that I'm not in your family but I want to be. Please forgive me. 
I long to see my life changed by you. Okay, now while our eyes are still closed, can I just ask if you have said that for the first time and you really meant it, could you just stick your hand up so I can see? I'm going to give a couple more moments. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I think there's a second response in terms of God's family, and that is if you feel that you are in God's family, but you're not really part of it. You know, you, you, may, you may call yourself a Christian, but you know that you are not really allowing God to impact your life, that you are not really affected by God and what he has to say and what he has to say about your life. So I'm going to pray again. And again, I'd like us to repeat it. And if you really, really mean it, I'd like you to put your hand up as we say it. It's like a, an outward declaration that, yes, today I'm drawing a line under what has been and I'm taking a step into the great thing that God has for me. No half measures anymore. No part restoration. I want to be completely in it. I want to be completely part of it and really, really running with what God has for my life. Okay, we'll pray. Lord God, thank you that you want me to be part of your family. I'm sorry that I haven't been an active member. I haven't allowed myself to be fully restored. Today, God, I give my life. And I ask that you would touch it in a mighty way. Today, God, there are no half measures. I want to be really part of it. I don't want to be just in it. Thank you. Okay, so moving on to restoration of the family. As I said before, all of us here represent a family. Some of us are already part of an earthly family. You know, there's a few members of families here. But I'd like you to put your hand up to represent your family and an area that needs restoring in your family. And we're going to pray. Because we've heard this morning that family is right at the center of God's heart. It's close to his heart. It's important to him. Your family situation and your family is important to God. It matters to God. But first, as we heard, when we change, everything changes. And it's got to start with us. Heavenly Father, I want to pray for every hand that's lifted up here. God, I thank you that this family matters to you. God, I thank you that you have a divine purpose for this family. God, I want to pray for each person with their hand lifted. And God, I want to pray that you would start with them. God, that you would put a recognition and a call on each person's heart in this room that they have got to change, that it's got to change with them. I'm just going to give a few moments for you to really tell God that you want to change. Tell God that it's got to start with you. You know, I can't do it for you. You have got to make that appeal before God.
Yes, Father, and I pray for every family represented in this room. God, would you give us a great vision for our family? God, would you help us to see the potential within our family? God, would you help us to lift our focus from what we see, lift our focus from what stood before us and what we see on a daily basis? But God, that we would see great things, that we would see the potential that you have put in our family, that we would see that there is a great purpose for our family. Father, that you would give us that vision, and that vision would be our drive. That vision would be what gets us up in the morning and what helps us to be the best person that we can be in our family and what helps us to represent you in the best possible way that we can in our families. God, we want to ask that you would do a great work in our families. Father, we believe that you have the power to restore family, that by what Jesus did on that cross, he broke the curse of the enemy. He broke the curse of the fall and he enabled full restoration, not part restoration, but full restoration back to the way that you designed us to be, Lord God. Father, I ask that you would be at work in each family represented here, even now, Father, that God, when we return to our families this afternoon, that we would feel a different atmosphere. God, that your presence would be there with us. Lord, and that you would help us, help us, God, to be the catalyst for that change in our families. Amen.